people of Israel as they go to cross the Red Sea. And so we're going to be taking our text from Exodus chapter 14 and 15. I hope that you've read that already in preparation for this. And I'd like for us to begin with a word of prayer, and uh, then we'll get right into God's word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I do want to thank you and praise you for all the provision that you've already made for us to be able to still continue to have a service in this fashion. I thank, Lord, uh, that uh, not too many years ago we would not have even been able to do this. And so I thank you for taking care of that and uh, providing for us in that way. And so, Father, I pray right now that you would just make each home and each car uh, a sanctuary. Uh, that, uh, that as we tune in to this message today from your word, uh, that our surroundings, Lord, would just fade into the background and that we would come into your presence through your Holy Spirit and that like John on the Isle of Patmos, he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and transcended all the earthly surroundings uh, into uh, a wonderful worship setting. So, Lord, I pray that you would do that for each and every viewer and listener today. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. My name is Aaron. I am the brother of Moses. Uh, you probably don't know me as well as you know my brother. My brother Moses was called to lead the people of Israel in a miraculous call from God. As you know, he was apart from us for some 40 years while God was training him and taking him to shepherd's school. And then one fateful day, he saw a burning bush, and when he approached to it, he heard the voice of God, and God called Moses to come back to Egypt, come back to the people of Israel, and to be their leader and to be their liberator. Well, as you know, as the story goes, the Pharaoh enjoyed having all of our free labor and free service, and he was not ready to let us go. My brother Moses and I had to stand face to face with Pharaoh on many occasions, beseeching him, telling him that our God, Jehovah Elohim, had called to let his people go that we might serve him. And each time, Pharaoh would not agree to go, and so God began to send plagues uh, to affect the life and the land of Egypt. And over a course of time and ten plagues, God finally broke through on the hardened heart of Pharaoh. And he gave us the permission and the freedom to go. And what I want to share with you today is what happened next as we were exiting the land of Egypt. I want to share with you some lessons that I learned about the sovereignty of God when we were told to shelter in place. If you're familiar with our story, you know that it was not one straight continuous line from Egypt to the promised land, but that God had some detours. God had some moments where he paused our journey, and this was the first pause so as you can imagine, we are brand new to this. We are striking out to follow uh, Moses as he is following God. And we get just a short distance out of our bondage when all of a sudden we are told to stand still and to wait in place while there was a, a tremendous threat around. 
you know, we were enjoying our newfound liberty for the first time in four centuries. We were truly free people. We were on our own, under our own power and self-governing ourselves. Not only that, we were enjoying our newfound prosperity. As you know, God, through those works and those plagues, had put it upon the hearts of the people of Egypt uh, to, to give us their goods. And we literally walked out of Egypt free people with the spoils of the land. And then, all of a sudden, as we got into a funnel-like piece of land where we could not go forward, an imminent threat appeared on the scene. The Egyptian army, Pharaoh had changed his mind and decided that he was not going to let us go free and he was not going to let us spoil his land. And so he uh, mounted up the entire Egyptian army, which was the most uh, imposing army in the world at that time. And they pursued after us. And when they got close to us, to our dismay, Instead of Moses commanding us to run or to move forward, he commanded us to shelter in place. Let me tell you, we did not like the inconvenience of having our journey interrupted. We didn't like sitting idle and waiting for the threat to advance. Can you imagine that this threat is imposing upon us and all of a sudden we are told to shelter in place, to stand still, to be idle, to do nothing? Well, as you can imagine, some people became frantic. Many became frenetic. They were just running around and moving about, but they weren't accomplishing anything. You might say they were running in circles. Then came the words from my brother Moses. He said, and I quote, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. How could he say such a thing? Stand still? Are you kidding me, Moses? Little brother, Moses? How can you say stand still when the enemy threat is so near that we can see them and we can hear them literally? They have approached so close to us that we can see the army of Egypt. We can hear the sounds of the camp and of the chariots and of the horsemen and of the artillery. I mean, seriously, stand still, stop, do nothing, just wait. That was antithetical to our thinking. But in reality, there was nothing that we could do. We were hemmed in on all sides. The Red Sea was in front of us. The Egyptian army was behind us. And the rugged, rocky terrain of the wilderness was on either side of us. Literally. We had come to a place where we were hemmed in and there was nothing that we could do. Our moving about, our running around would accomplish literally nothing. But it did make us wonder why would God do this after all the miraculous things that he had done to bring us to this point? Did he not call 
my brother Moses? Did he not speak to him from the burning bush? Did he not give him the staff that would turn into a serpent and back into a staff? Did he not send the plagues into Egypt? Did he not protect us when we were in the land of Goshen from those plagues? Did God not break the back of Pharaoh to bring us out of the land? And now, all of a sudden, we are hemmed in and we are told to sit there like sitting ducks so that the Egyptian army can wipe us out in a moment? Oh, I'm telling you, the people of Israel did not understand and they voiced their complaints to my brother Moses. They said, why did you bring us out here to die? And if it were not so tense, it would have been funny. They said, were there no graves in Egypt? Is that why you brought us here? So that we could have a mass burial ground? In fact, they wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to turn back. Well, to be honest, I didn't fully understand it myself when I was in the middle of it. But after we made it through, looking back, I can see more clearly what God was doing. Remember, I told you I wanted to share some lessons with you that I learned about the sovereignty of God when we were sheltered in place in front of the Red Sea. Let me share those with you. Looking back, the first lesson that I learned was that God wanted to disconnect us from Egypt. This, this moment, this pause, this, this stillness was an opportunity for God to disconnect us from Egypt. You see, Egypt had been our home all of our lives. It's all we ever knew. It had been the home of our parents all their lives, our grandparents all their lives. 400 years it had been our home, about the same time that your people have been in this land of America, about 400 years. So like you, Egypt was all that we knew. Now, granted, Egypt was not ideal, but we had gotten comfortable there. We had gotten into a routine. We understood our role in the society, and, and we were the slave labor, but conditions were bearable. We had our community, our subculture within Egypt. I mean, we had gotten to a place of comfort. It was so comfortable that on more than one occasion, the people of Israel said, let's go back to Egypt. We, we miss the food in Egypt. We miss the way of life in Egypt. But this moment of sheltering in place with the Egyptian army so near and threatening us made it clear that there was no going back. I can't help but think that maybe that's what God is doing for you and your people at this moment. Maybe he wants to disconnect you from Egypt. You know Egypt is a symbol of the world in God's holy scripture. And what he is doing in this time when we are sheltering in place and we are not busy about going back and forth, perhaps God in his sovereignty wants to disconnect us from our Egypt. Not only did God disconnect us from Egypt, but God was also doing something else. As God always is, he was drawing out the enemy. That shelter in place, that pause, that moment 
when we were hemmed in and it looked like we had nowhere to turn and nowhere to go, God was using that to draw out the enemy. Listen, never forget that there is a spiritual battle going on behind the scenes of life. In everything that you and I experience, everything that happens around us in our world, there is a spiritual battle going on behind the scenes. We see it time and time again in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. We will see it with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. We see that there is something going on behind the scenes. We saw it with Job when Satan was tempting him. And I am certain that there is something going on behind the scenes spiritually here today. And I don't know exactly what God's plan is for you. But I know what God's plan was for us And God had brought us to that place and he had sheltered us there so that he could draw out the enemy. It was strategy to expose the enemy. We know that the enemy is Satan and that he is deceptive and that he is sly and he is manipulative and he is so well at hiding himself. And God at times will allow things to happen in our lives and in our world, to draw the enemy out to the field of battle, to expose him for what God wants to do against the enemy. But God in his sovereignty, as I said, is doing more than one or two things. Not only was he disconnecting us from Egypt and he was drawing out the enemy, but get this, he was developing our faith. I know that you read about us, Moses and Aaron and the people of Israel and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, and you think, wow, those people had a lot of faith. I want to have faith like they had. But may I remind you that our faith is not built in times of security and comfort. It is actually when God takes us out of our comfort zone And we have to trust him to do what we cannot do. And so, yes, at this moment when the Egyptian army is behind us, the Red Sea is in front of us, the wilderness is to either side of us, and we literally cannot do anything to save ourselves. We are forced to trust in God and in God alone. And in that moment, in the heat Of that forge, God is forming and developing our faith. And may I encourage you, friend, that in this time of uncertainty and insecurity, that God has taken you and I out of our comfort zones, that he is wanting to develop our faith. The Bible says of our patriarch Abraham that he was not weak in the faith, But he was strong in the faith. Think with me, if you would, remember back how did his faith develop? How did Abraham become strong in the faith? Was it not when God called him to step out of his comfort zone in Mesopotamia and to travel nearly a thousand miles to a land to which he had never been uh, to settle down there? 
Was it not when God told him that he was going to give him children, so many that they would not be numbered, and yet Abraham was over a hundred years old before he had his promised son? Was it not when God called Abraham to sacrifice his one and only son, and Abraham in the midst of that act was postponed by God? It was in those moments that God was developing Abraham's faith. And it was in this moment at the Red Sea that God was developing our faith. And it's in this moment in your life that God wants to develop your faith. God wants you to trust him for what you cannot do. There's no cure for the coronavirus. There's no vaccine for COVID-19. There is literally little that you and I can do to stop this wave of pandemic that is sweeping across the globe. So what else can we do? What better opportunity do we have to develop our faith and to trust our God? But, oh, friend, God is sovereign. Our God is a sovereign God. That means that he is all-powerful. That he is over and in control of everything. And that even in a time like this, he is accomplishing much. And so for us, he's disconnecting us from Egypt. He's drawing out the enemy. He's, he is developing our faith. But watch this. God is also about to demonstrate his power. He's about to demonstrate his power. When we think back at what God was doing there, why did he stop us there? Why did he not give us and get us across the Red Sea and close it back behind us before Pharaoh's army could catch up with us and shut the door on that? Why did God shelter us in place on this side of the Red Sea where we were exposed to the enemy and where the threat was imminent? Well, one of the play reasons God brought us to this place and told us to stand still was so that he could demonstrate his power. His power in parting the Red Sea and making a way where there was no way. And then his power in closing the sea upon the armies of the enemy and wiping them out, showing us that he was greater than anything that threatened us. You know, as I reflected on this and have had the opportunity to look back on this, I realized how would we know that what, that what is impossible for man is possible with God if God did not bring us into an impossible situation? We love to claim that promise and to say the things that are impossible with man are possible with God. But do you realize the only way that you and I can know that and see that is if God brings us to an impossible situation. Our situation was pretty impossible, and yours seems to be that way too. It is an opportunity for God to demonstrate his power. God can do in an instant what you and I cannot do in a lifetime. And so look around and watch for God to demonstrate his power. And when this is all over, praise him for it. 
And so God is disconnecting us from Egypt. God brought us this place and sheltered us here to draw out the enemy. He is developing our faith. He's demonstrating his power, but he is also directing us forward. God wants to direct us forward. It was from this place of solitude that God prepared us to advance forward. It was only after God brought us here and said, stand still, that he then said, go forward. I believe that in following God, there is always a next step. For us, the children of Israel, we had to take that first step out of Egypt. We had to take that next step into the part at Red Sea. We had to take that next step toward Mount Sinai. We had to take that next step in the wilderness. We had to take the next step until God brought us to the promised land. And for you... God has a next step for you. But when we are busy with life, when we are consumed with the things that are around us, oftentimes it is hard for us to hear and to see the direction that God wants us to go. And you may spend, end up spending, like we did, 40 years in the wilderness going nowhere and God wants to direct you forward. How did he direct us forward from this place? Well, he sheltered us there. He paused us there first because the way had to be made open. Do you realize God did not part the Red Sea before we got there? He did not have it ready and waiting when we rolled up on the scene. It was only after we had came to that place and the enemy threat had closed in upon us. And God sheltered us there and told us to stand still. Then, after that, he called my brother Moses to hold out his rod and, over the Red Sea. And God took the entire night to part the water and to dry the way while we were sheltering in place. So one of the things that God may be doing for you and I right now is making a way forward. And it may be a way that you could never imagine, just as we could have never imagined that massive sea being parted and water standing up in walls so that we could walk through. The other factor in directing us forward was that the way had to be made open, but we had to be made willing. Do you realize how frightening it was to take that step into that massive watery grave I mean this is unprecedented this is unheard of how do we know that the water will stand how do we know that we will make it through there were nearly two and a half million of us that had to cross over that Red Sea and God had to prepare us he had to bring the threat so close to us that we realized any alternative is better than this. And so in God's directing us forward, not only is he preparing a way for you and I to go, he's preparing us to be willing to go. What's God doing in your life? How is he directing you? How is he working on you? What has he stripped from you? What security has he taken away? Are you willing to step out and to follow God by faith. Oh, the final thing that God is doing is not just disconnecting us from Egypt, 
drawing out the enemy, developing our faith, demonstrating his power, directing us forward, but he is also defeating the enemy. This was an essential step in defeating the enemy. You see, God brought us to that place, and he sheltered us in place. He told us to stand still. And while that didn't make sense in the moment, looking back, I realized what God was doing. He was dangling the bait under the nose of Pharaoh. Isn't that an interesting concept that God knew that he had to entice Pharaoh and his army to pursue us into the Red Sea? And so God dangled the bait until the enemy was ready to pursue at any cost. Pharaoh had our scent in his nostrils. He had a taste for blood in his mouth. And he was willing to pursue us no matter what. And that's exactly what he did. God led us through that parted water of the Red Sea. And he held back with restraint Pharaoh by his presence until we were across. And he allowed Pharaoh's army uh, to get into the Red Sea in full force. And when they did, God absolutely washed the threat completely away. Can you even imagine what was going through our minds when we looked back? And we had seen this massive army that by any calculation to fight with under the best scenario would be weeks and months of battle. And in an instant, God completely washed away the threat that was threatening us. Listen, I know COVID-19 has spread around our globe, Asia, Europe, the United States, and it seems like we are in for the long haul, and you may be, I don't know, but I know that God has the power to wash it away in a moment of time. He did it for us at the Red Sea, and he can do it for you. Now, I'm glad to tell you that we are on the other side We passed over to the other side. We're no longer sheltering in place. Now we are singing God's praise and celebrating his deliverance. In fact, my brother Moses was inspired to write a psalm. Let me share with you one of the verses. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him an habitation. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. Listen, that's what God is looking for from you and I. He's looking for people who already see the victory. And will praise him. The problem is that in desperate times, we tend to overlook the sovereignty of God. It was true of us when I was in the middle of this situation. I could not see all the things that God was doing. 
But now looking back, I have a perfect view and I can see what God was doing when he sheltered us there on that side of the Red Sea. You may be feeling like we were frantic and frenetic and you're running around in circles trying to figure it all out. And the one thing that you're neglecting to do is to factor in the sovereignty of God. God is doing so much more than you can see when you are in the middle of that situation. And so there are two verses of Scripture that I want you to meditate on this week. Are you ready? Psalm 46.10 Be still and know that I am God. What are you doing with the stillness that God has given to you? While I am blessed to still be able to work and come to work, there are so many things in my life and in my family's life that has been placed on pause. All of those sports activities that we were going to with our kids seeming almost every evening of the week have all stopped. All of these entertainment venues have all been closed. I mean, God really has stilled us down. What are you doing with that stillness? God wants you to know that He is God. Be still and know that I am God. The other verse that I want you to meditate on this week is Romans 8:28. You may be able to quote it. It's a lot easier to quote than it is to believe. Romans 8:28 says, "And we know that all things work together for good to those that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose." I love the beginning of that verse, and we know that all things work together for good. Do you know? Do you know that in spite of this pandemic, in spite of the excessive unemployment that is coming, in spite of the health system that is being strained around the globe, in spite of the new debt that our government is taking on to try and uh, accommodate this, God has a good purpose at work for you and I. Do you know that? Would you meditate upon that? I want us to pray today, and I want to pray for you that you would see the sovereignty of God while you were being sheltered down. Let's pray.